Game begin. Hello there, and welcome to Dagum Nerds, your podcast for family first, fanboy fun. I'm your host tonight, Zach. I'm Andrew. I'm Aaron. And I'm Brett. Finally and this back. Is episode. We are so happy to have you back, Aaron. It's been good to be back. It's been a I bit. know. It's been but too long. But this is episode 51, and we are doing a Dadcom Q&A where we answer your questions. But to kick things off, let's do a quick dad check-in. Anything happened in dad life this week? Well, uh, our our youngest is going through sleep regression, and he's been a great sleeper. Ooh. But that stopped about a week ago, so been a little bit of a struggle bus. Um, But our oldest just started Taekwondo. So really proud of him. Hey, he's already showing off his kicks and some moves. So So you're you're living off of coffee and bruises right now. Uh, Yes, very much so. Yeah. Uh, Adrenaline and coffee. Living Uh, life on the edge. Just remember, Aaron, at no point in time can your son win. (laughs) I'm not I'm not too concerned about. Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Against me. He can win That's against right. anyone else, just That's not true. me. Against, against anyone else, he's fine. But against you, he cannot do whatever it takes. That's right. Well, we had a fun little uh, misheard lyrics this week with Rowan. So mm. we've been teaching him the old Bible song, the B-I-B-L-E. Ah, and yeah. uh, he's, he's, he's really taken to that one. However, he thinks that we're singing Baby Ellie. So oh. he so he just sings along going, baby Ellie. Yes, that's that, the book for me. That that is, that's great. great. That is great. So he'll All just right. be playing with his cars and he's going, the baby Ellie. That's the book for me. <laughs> and I like, mean, well, technically, hey, she's your sister. She's your sister. But uh, anyway, happy that is that. Just, that's lovely. Now, I have um, to blame you guys a little bit for something that happened oh, with, with oh no. my son. Blame oh, I'm sorry. Slash you're, uh, thank. Your mic's cutting out, Brett. I, I think we're going to have to lose your feet. I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, yeah. No. <laughs> Is he <All> right. still there? <laughs> <laughs> Listen up, everybody. So last, uh, what was it, two, three episodes ago, you guys talked about Bluey. Oh, yeah. And how that impacted you as dads, which was an mm-hmm. awesome episode. If anyone's listening to this and hasn't listened to that, you need to check it out. It, it was a doggone good one, I admit. <laughs> List it down as the first one of the night. <laughs> so um, we we introduced our son to Bluey yes. just after that episode. You guys inspired me. I wanted to check it out. So we started with Keepy Uppy, which is the second episode in the first season. Sweet. Gotcha. And my son was standing there laughing out loud at the balloons that were that they constantly were boinking it up and then just kept hitting it up over, 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 over again. When the balloon hit the ground, my son was weeping in the living room. <laughs> what? For the le- for the next 30 minutes to an hour, he oh, was sitting no. there. We broke him. Just yeah, it's like you broke my son. So, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for starting <laughs> off Bluey on the strong. Wow, he note. was that distraught by just he, hitting the ground? Yes, I was shocked. It wasn't just hitting the ground. It was that the balloon was gone. It's gone. And he it oh, didn't it matter. Yeah, it popped. It did not matter that they used their dad as the balloon. He was still crying as the dad was was running well, around. Okay, first off, spoiler alert. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, now I don't need to watch this episode. Yeah, good well, point. So, well, anyways, glad appreciate it. Glad you're you're introducing your son to some pop culture there. Hey. All right. So on that note, let's start off our Q and A session. All right. So I'm going to just start by saying I'm always 
very stoked for these episodes. I really enjoy getting to answer questions from you guys, our Dagum nerd fans. I always end up on these episodes and I love it. It's like I've been gone for a month and a half, maybe even longer <laughs> sure. at this point. And the sure first one I'm Q&A. able to come back to, it's it's Dadgum Q&A. And I love it. I hope it's you, helpful. I love being a part of these. You have been on more Dadgum Q&As than Kevin has at this point. Well, so. Yeah, well. I was say, and, and Sorry, just Kevin. for the record, Step folks, your game up. We, we were hyping up finally having Kevin on this episode. And then just dad, dad life, life happened. And last minute, we had to pull him out. And so again, we are Kevinless. <laughs> we are O for three. Uh, one and, day. So really, the question we need to ask next time is, why is Kevin not here? <laughs> that needs to be the question that's submitted. But uh, anyway, looking forward to diving into these. So next time, make sure you submit your question on our contact page on dagumnerds.com/contact. We look forward to hearing from you. But starting off the night. We have a question from Jim Sheely. The man himself. Let's do it. Great to hear from you, Jim. Well, Jim's got a, he's got kind of a question slash story here. So let, let's dive in. All right. Jim says, I was in the kitchen heading to bed when my wife brought me my daughter, Adeline, two and a half years old, who was bawling because there were monsters under her bed. She had tried already and Adeline didn't want to go back to bed. Desperate to get to bed myself, I grabbed a cinnamon stick and gave it to her, telling questions. her- that monsters don't like cinnamon and it would make her monster stick keep them away. It's been three Mm. days now and my daughter is still sleeping with a cinnamon (laughs) stick under her pillow. (laughs) I'm both charmed, proud, and concerned of what kind of long-term consequences this one is going to have. So then his question, are are there any stories of dad life where you've been left wondering if your method was a stroke of genius or was it just the proverbial box of healing supplies before a boss fight? <laughs> I loved that. I loved that. It's like the game saves and there's like three health potions off on the corner. You're and like, you're like, oh, no, bro. Oh, no. Yep. It's about to go down. Healer. Where's this the healer? Is, so this is I, I know we all have those times because I feel you, Jim, where you're tired. The He's, kid is not. And there's something that seems completely unsolvable because your your conventional wisdom is just not going to work. And I get it because I was I was before it became apparent. And then after we had our first one, I was very much like, this is the way I'm going to do it. This is how it is. Like, I'm not going to give my child a cinnamon stick and say it scares off monsters. Right. There's No monsters in this house. Daddy's not letting any monsters in this house or even better yet. Monsters aren't real. Go to sleep. Right. And that's how that's how we how want about to treat a dose of realism. Realism and go to bed, kid. <laughs> but when you are exhausted, you've tried 10 different things like I get it. I get mm-hmm. it. You start looking for you start looking for that answer. Um, you start grasping for cinnamon stri- y- y- sticks. Y- you do. And it is one of those. I'm with you. You do wonder like, OK, what's what's the line here? What what is like an outright lie? What is going to leave like long term scars or and what is just enough to get them to go to sleep so that we can all get some? Um, yeah, I I have to think, do y'all have any stories? I know I know I've done something similar. I'm just racking my brain. Well, on what I, it is. I think I've brought this up on the show even, but I made the mistake of telling Rowan once that there was a wallaby at the creek. And oh, yeah, it's one. from Bluey, funnily enough. 
And I thought it was just a way of like, hey, I'm going to enter into this imaginative world. He really enjoys seeing wallabies and bluey. I'll be like, hey, wallabies are at the creek. Let's go find the wallaby. Well, the problem is, is that now he is convinced there is a wallaby at this creek. So much so <laughs> that he tells every passerby when we are at this park now that there is a wallaby. And so you do have to remember that what we see is a momentary distraction that's that's real for them and uh, like they have no other life context no other life experience to put it against so i mean that's going to stick with them and mm -hmm. one day i will have to have the hard conversation with rowan that <laughs> while it is not impossible that there is a wallaby in georgia it is incredibly <laughs> improbable, <Pretty dang> improbable. <laughs> that there is a wallaby in georgia <laughs> that actually that's amazing um so cameron's actually really logical he 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 mm. comes by it honest and he really even at a young age dissects situations and like really is interested in how things work, whether it's it's like a piece of machinery or it's just like a life situation in the world. Right. So I do remember one time it's not exactly the same scenario, but um, I had told him we we were going to pick up food on the way home. Uh, given our lives right now, we do that far more often than I care to admit. <laughs> And I like to give him I like to give him small choices, right? Because I think mm -hmm. even at a young yeah, age that yeah. teaches decision making skills. And I think that's important. And it it's decision making that the outcome and the consequences are not there's not like a right or wrong answer. But anyway, I said we can either stop at Chick-fil-A or McDonald's on the way home. And he at first was really excited that he got to pick. And then gradually over time and by over time, I mean, like three or four minutes, he became mm. distraught. Because oh. he could not choose. <laughs> and and I thought, well, one, actually, this is a really good life lesson because, bud, you're going to be faced with yeah. choices all throughout life yeah. that is going to be really hard to take. It, it only gets harder. For yeah, you. I was like, yeah. this is, no, this is the best as it gets, man. <laughs> Chick-fil-A or McDonald's is like the best it gets. So enjoy this. <laughs> so his conclusion in very, uh, very on brand for him was, can I get my chicken nuggets and waffle fries or apple slices or, or, or fruit cup mm -hmm. from chick-fil-a but i want to get dessert from mcdonald's ah <laughs> wow. he wants his cake and so too. I, I told him yep. i said i said no we can't do that it's one or the other you have to pick and he was distraught like crying upset My and God. then and then he because he couldn't choose because he was so he's just like i can't make the choice i can't make the choice well we're getting very close to chick-fil-a and mcdonald's right now i'm like yeah. bud you gotta pick man and Anyway, it went down that path of like, well, daddy, why can't we do that? Why can't we go through the Chick-fil-A drive-thru? <laughs> ah. And they're right next to each other, by the way. Isn't that a stage exit. of grief bartering? Well, <laughs> he's not, he's, yep. he is definitely going to, not definitely, but very likely be a lawyer when he grows up. And again, ah. he comes by all this honest. Um, <laughs> he, he literally is like, I want you, he was at that stage of like, I want you to explain to me why we can't actually do that. Because in his mind, they're right next to each other. Go to this yeah. drive-thru, get that food. Just go over there to that drive-thru and get that food. Both? And <laughs> I was faced with a similar situation, Jim, where my kid is like legitimately upset, stressing out his younger brother at this point because mm. he's crying and fussing. I'm mm. in the car alone. I've been at work. I was exhausted. And there was a small part of me that's like, I am literally about to go to Chick-fil-A and McDonald's just <laughs> so that this ends. But I was like, <laughs> no, because... One, the greatest piece of advice my mom gave me as a parent, one of the many, was that 
don't ever start something you're not willing mm-hmm. to finish. Yep. If you do yeah. it this time, it sets a precedent. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I told him, well, we can't do that. And anyway, just like you, Jim, he he was going on. He's like, I need you to explain to me why this can't be done, because in my little brain, this is totally doable. And I didn't. I held strong, but uh, I, I convinced him that the the. Ice Dream at Chick Fil A was just as good, if not better, than McDonald's. I agree with that. Um, see, good, but my whole problem, was, see, but, my whole problem with this story is that it was a clear right answer. You said well, there's no right or wrong, but <laughs> Chick Fil A was the right answer. The answer I had to give him, though, just like the cinnamon stick, was, "Yeah, we, you just can't do that." Because there is no better explanation. Like society has told us, like, we can't do this, but I don't really have a good answer to you, except daddy's tired. I don't want to sit in two lines. And and that's the answer. And just like, oh, yeah, you just you just can't. And then he started going down the path of like, oh, well, like, will McDonald's know we went to Chick-fil-A and like not give us. And I was like, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Hey. Cameron, just wait. When you get out of college, have a job and have a little bit of money for your own. You can go to McDonald's and Chick-fil-A as much as you want. Have oh, he's, fun, bro. He's getting a job way before college. <laughs> so, so I may have some of the youngest uh, kids here, but, but still, um, I, I think this brings up a really neat principle that I don't think necessarily temporary wins are wrong. You just have to be able to live with the mm-hmm. consequences, yeah. a.k.a. cinnamon mm-hmm. stick under the pillow. But I, I see this as an opportunity to eventually teach your daughter or teach your child, if you're listening to this, that, uh, I mean, for, for me being a Christian, this is an opportunity to teach them how we don't have to be afraid that God is with us. And that's something that you should always see every opportunity as, as an opportunity to teach them something. If it's as simple as which line do you go through? Buddy, it's always Chick Fil A. Ought to know this. So, uh, but but just see it as a learning opportunity. Yeah, but it. I, I will say it is that cost benefit ratio of like, yeah, ideally you would take every situation as a learning opportunity. But when you're sleep deprived, yep. What kind of mental faculty are you going to be able to contribute to this conversation? Yep. When I've, when you really just want in, in your your dad flesh to go go to bed and like you're not there going, Oh, perfect time. Let me break out the dad curriculum. So, I mean, it is hard. Yeah. And I've, I've had to learn how to let the loose end slide. I'm, I'm pretty perfectionistic in nature in in certain areas. And I especially was thinking that I was going to be that way coming into parenting. Um, and so I have learned that these moments like cinnamon sticks, it's a phase it's not going to last forever. It is, yeah. Um, we, we had, we've had moments where I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure that Theodore's never going to give up X item for something. And then the phase passes and you just quietly tuck that item away mm-hmm. on something. Um, yeah, I, you don't announce it at the mountaintops. Like this yeah. phase is over. And then you make <laughs> I, them second guess themselves. You know, in this instance, like it's a cinnamon stick. I can think of worse things to have underneath <laughs> your pillow. Um, I, and so I, for me, I'm like, let the loose ends drag, just have fun and have your daughter smell like spices when she wakes up in the morning. I mean, um, the other thing is, how do we definitively know that monsters don't like cinnamon? You could be on to something, Jim. I no. mean, listen, my my elephant talisman has kept elephants out of my yard ever oh. since I can remember. <laughs> I haven't seen a one. I haven't seen a single <laughs> elephant in my yard ever Go since figure. I've gotten it. So, you know, you got to find that wallaby ta- uh, talisman. Yeah, that's, that's the other thing is, <laughs> hey, away from the there creek. could, like I said, improbable, not impossible. 
Uh, no, but Jim, I, I, to me, I think it's just a phase. I, I think you'll give it some time once she's less fixated on that said cinnamon stick. You know, just move it. But in the meantime, enjoy your daughter and the imagination that she has at the moment. So at the end of the day, maybe a combination of stroke of genius and box of healing supplies. Yes. Maybe it was a stamina potion. We'll land it at that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, our next question comes from our newest dadgum true believer, oh Daniel God. Sherman. Hey, right. Daniel. Here we go. So just for you, Daniel, uh, during answering your question, if I say any puns, Andrew will bleep them out just for you. <laughs> uh, but to the question, are any of the dads upset in how Dave Filoni has retconned Caleb, Caleb June, mm. slash Kanan's story with Order 66? Mm. This is, by the way, the first episode in the new Bad Batch series. Mm -hmm. There is an existing storyline called The Last Padawan, which follows Kanan's story, and I have found a rather vocal group of Reddit nerds. Well, there's your pro. Is there anything other than a vocal group of nerds on Reddit? I mean, let's be I've real. Heard of a quiet group. Yeah, of is there a nerds? quiet group of nerds on Reddit? Anyway, sorry. <clears throat> I have found a rather vocal group of Reddit nerds who are upset, really, at Disney for retconning their own storylines. As a note, when I researched it, Dave Filoni was not involved with the comic as far as I'm aware. Mm. My take on it, Dave is taking his characters back and saying, no, he's mine. Hmm. So, can, uh, hmm. I, so I ended up having to do a little bit of research on this going into mm -hmm. it because I had heard of this, but I wasn't quite as familiar with it. What, what have we learned this week looking into this? Well, I mean, the first thing to remember is that retconning is something that is not new to Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Even even in the old extended universe. Uh, I refuse to say Legends because it is still hashtag always my extended universe. <laughs> uh, but I mean, some people may not realize that in one arc, Chewbacca died. Mm -hmm. And then they retconned and brought him back due to fan outcry. Um, now, granted, the way he died was a little bit lame as well. But... Uh, this is not something that is new in the in the universe of Star Wars. So uh, the the other thing is, I mean, look at all the retconning that happened for uh, the rise of Skywalker. Mm -hmm. I mean, talk about yeah. a complete course correction yeah. from Last yeah. Jedi. So uh, am I upset? I would say no, because if you're going to retcon, at least it was a better alternative. Because I really liked what they introduced in Order 66 as far as, hey, yeah, I mean, a master right in the middle of a battle does not have time, but heroically kind of sacrifices for saving the Padawan. And then it served the story as a way for the Bad Batch, particularly Hunter, to have this moral quandary because he hasn't been activated with this chip. Here, this Jedi was an ally. He's being told it's now an enemy, and he gets to question this order. So I liked it because it wasn't just a changing of the narrative for the sake of changing the narrative. It actually advanced Hunter's story. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it even sets up the conflict of spoiler alert. If you have not watched bad batch, I know this will not affect Kevin or trip because they could care less, <laughs> but it even kind of introduces this, uh, tension that will eventually happen between Hunter and Crosshair, right? And Crosshair. I was going to say in Sniper Dude. That's not the name. Between <laughs> well, Hunter. Not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it, might, it might as well be because like, they're, they're really one trade in this show. Right. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, between Hunter and Crosshair. So it's not something that we're unfamiliar with in the Star Wars universe. And I kind of like the alternative. But 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 Aaron, you you back me up on this. The comics have always kind of been their own thing. I felt yeah. in Star Wars. Yeah, I so I I largely agree. Um, I. I, I glanced through this comic a while back because I do I, I liked Rebels. It wasn't my, my favorite by any stretch, but I, I did enjoy Rebels. I liked his character. Um, I'm, you know, I'm definitely not a vocal Reddit nerd on this one. This is not the <laughs> hill I am dying on by any means. I'm with you, Zach. I don't particularly mind the retcon. And I think the main there's there's two main reasons. So one is that um, and I think this is true of anyone. If it's a character or a story arc that you just are very, very passionate about, whether it's just one that really stuck with you or has a lot of nostalgia or whatever the reason is, I think you're going to be more vocal about that. Um, case in point, when Solo came out, um, the movie Solo and what was originally Legends right. uh, of Solo, there's overlap you. for sure. I know, I know. Hashtag not my, not my you. <laughs> not um, my Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, um, but there's there's overlap. There's clearly influence from w- the background that that uh, Han had in the in the other novels that have been published before Disney took over. Um, but it is a very loose overlap in in that movie. Um, and I hands down like the original ones better, not just because they're nostalgic and, and I, you know, I have fond memories of reading them and all that, but it's like, it's a genuinely better story. Right. Would you say that you like it down? Bleep. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, and and I bring that up because to, to back up your point, Zach, that there, there, this retconning has happened quite a bit in star Wars. And it's, Um, it's, Oh, can can I add something to that though? It's actually even happened within the last, couple years like even mm-hmm. since disney has taken over it too mm-hmm. oh yeah um and because it uh, because for a little bit it was the clone wars tv show up until season six and that's the last we thought we were going to get clone wars then in i think it was 2016 2017 we got a book on ahsoka mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. and it had all of her story like what happened after the clone wars and then we get announced that there's a season season seven of clone wars that retcons what's in that book Right. So it's happened with yeah. bigger characters than Kane and Jerris. And I think the main point, and I think it's a great point, Andrew, is what do you do with it? You know, I'm not am I opposed to retconning these kinds of things on principle? Uh, it makes me kind of squirm a little bit, but not necessarily because I think Ahsoka retconning that I, I allowed her to show up in Mandalorian. It allowed us to have a mm-hmm. fantastic season seven. True. Uh, of of Clone Wars that we never thought we were going to get. I I'm I'm with Zach. This one I I like both versions of the story. I think the comic is fine. They're fairly similar too. But that's the other yeah, thing. I think they're similar different. enough. And for me, for me, and I know there's people who are much more hardcore fans of Rebels than I was, even though I enjoyed it. Um, I, I get where you're coming from because again, Solo for me, like they did just enough in the movie to keep me from getting super mad. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, but and same in this case, I, I think for me they're similar enough. But this opens this up just like it did with Ahsoka to have him show up in other shows, in other episodes. Maybe not in in Bad Batch because of the um, because of the age and everything, he's not going to be grown like he was in Rebels necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it opens well, up the opportunities to do right, <laughs> to do other cool things. 
when that's the reason you use it, as long as it's used to do actually cool things and not just to change it up for the sake of changing up, then I'm fine with it. Um, This one is, again, it's not the hill I'm dying on by any stretch, and they are similar enough to me. Um, Unlike his master. Granted, and, and I'm sure that this was the point was having that in the opening episode and having something you immediately recognize is is important. So having having audiences of rebels having audiences of clone wars they immediately can rat, latch onto that and go oh my goodness it's 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 him oh this is some backstory woven into into this new story we're seeing right uh, yeah sure i think that was the point and i'm actually okay with that well and and just i uh, i know we got to move on but to touch on your last comment there daniel about is dave filoni taking his mm. characters back absolutely he is yeah now you've seen he... what disney does with them oh yeah yeah <laughs> He he is taking them back before they can screw it up. And so yeah. I think in a way he is saving Kanan by basically going like, nope. In fact, I'm going to make it to where he goes into hiding so you can't bring him back up for some <laughs> catawampus well, how he got s- saved again. No, but the real point, though. Is that this opens the door for Chuck Wendig? No, stop right there. Shut, stop right there. Shut your don't jar jar mouth. No, with I'm that saying, garbage. No, that I'm evil saying, into I'm this. I'm saying that they have opened the door to retcon him and his oh, stories. Oh, okay. That's I apologize, Andrew. See, I, that I, is a completely I'm different angle. To be your and one no, I very much like. Attention. Now you have my ear. So yes. I, I know you guys now are like, oh, yeah. have at it, Dave. Please, please rewrite. Actually, don't rewrite. Just throw those away. Just mm-hmm. uh, again. <laughs> That'll be a, a big hole. Put him in there. Man, there's going to be a lot of bleeps in this <laughs> last <laughs> a lot of bleeps in that moment. So just for you, Daniel, just for you. Man, to all of our other listeners, it's going to sound like Aaron and I just went off the deep end. <laughs> well, yeah, Andrew says Chuck <laughs> Windig and Zach and I are just like, <laughs> which would not be inaccurate. <laughs> you are not wrong. All right. Well, thanks for that one, Daniel. We appreciate you being a daggone true believer. Yes, sir. Um, now, moving on to the OG daggone true believer, Spencer Thompson. Spencer. Come on now. In, Spencer. In the house. And, um. Man, going from Star Wars retconning to this question, what has been your biggest struggle mm. since becoming a parent? Ooh, all right. Wow. Well, besides sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and and he, he adds on to that is what is one piece of advice you would give to any up and coming dads? Oh, man. Which, mm. Ooh, that's a lot of. Wow. So uh, I, I guess it's not just tell us what's been a struggle, but what have you learned? What little. Yeah. What have you learned from that struggle? Basically, wisdom can you pass on? Man, um, I I can actually start this one off. Yeah. Uh, okay. First, I, I I had like read parenting books. I had amazing, wise, experienced people in my life who had poured into me as to advice on how to raise kids. Um, and I there is a certain level of preparation that you will never get with kids. Mm-hmm without Amen. experience amen um, i know that sounds cliche because i heard it too but it's so true yeah it's you, so you true you can prepare all you want and it will be helpful i i am not dissuading anyone from doing that but you, there is literally no way to learn certain things other than be on the other side of having kids and you're just going to learn it really on the fly or learn it when you like have to you know like you have no other choice to but learn it from you know 
a, a parent or a, a wise friend or something. Or just um, making an in the moment judgment call. Yeah. Yeah. No joke. So the first two months of uh, Theodore being born were actually a really huge struggle for me um, because I'm naturally a very a pretty independent person. I like having margin in my life. I like kind of doing my own thing. Like I've got a game plan on how my day is going to go, what I want to do, um, build in times for fun. And this kid comes along and wrecks my whole system. Um, <laughs> yeah. That I, that I had built, in. Yeah. That I had built for years. This is a system mm-hmm. that has been tried and true and worked for me for a very long time. So that first two months specifically were really tough when Theodore came around because that was literally having to die. Um, and I will, uh, uh, admit this freely, but like it got so much so to the point that it, and I ended up having to go to therapy, um, at, uh, at one point in time, just to know how to process all of this, because it was affecting not only my, um, relationships with my relationship with my wife and my kids, but even outside of that. Um, so I, it was really a big thing. And I think this is going to drag into what my one piece of advice is for any up and coming dads. Um, one, you are not going to be prepared nearly as well as you think <laughs> coming into it. So just yeah. honestly be ready for that and just be like, just be go into it being as flexible as you possibly can and just holding on to mm-hmm. what you know to be normal as loosely as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's going to require a lot. Like if you truly want what's best for your kids, it's going to require a lot of dying to self. Mm. Um, it's going to require a lot of what you think is normal and what you think is you honestly, you know, that changes very quickly and mm. just be ready for that because I wasn't quite, it took me, a, it took me a long time to get my head in the game on that. Yeah, well, I mean, it it is a cataclysmic shift because yeah. now your entire schedule, your entire world revolves around the capricious wants and cries of this little grub mm-hmm. in your house that you, I mean, on a spiritual level, now have this responsibility for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it, it changes I, everything. And, and my natural response going into it just with my personality was like, I, you know, I wasn't thinking this outright, but just in my subconscious, I was like, how dare you interrupt my me time, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that has to die because you you cannot carry that in mm-hmm. as a parent. Uh, you Otherwise, you'll go insane. It's mm-hmm. really, really interesting and, and awesome that you bring this up, Andrew, because I was having this almost exact conversation with someone the other day because really I I had. Not not quite the same way, but that has become so when we had our oldest, uh, we were living in the D.C. Beltway at the time in a postage stamp of, of an apartment that you were paying much we more were, than a postage we were paying stamp more for. <laughs> for than our mortgages right now back in Georgia. Right. Mm. <laughs> um, and we we loved our time up there. My job took me up there um, and we, we loved it. Um, when he came along, um, it changed everything. And we didn't, we had a one, we had one bedroom, one living room. Zach, you remember it? It was, it was small. It was. it was great for a couple, but having a kid in, there was, there was nowhere to get away. Yeah. Like we, there was no room to put him in to sleep, but it didn't matter because he didn't sleep. He didn't sleep for the first nine months. Oh, and that, poor neighbors. I'm that, sorry. Oh, yeah. And we felt horrible. Right. But oh, they had shouting matches through the oh, walls. Well, yeah. We also got to the point where we're like, we're like, 
don't even talk to me right now because I have oh. nothing. Like, if you say anything about this right now, like, there's nothing nice that's going to come out of my mouth because I'm <laughs> yeah. getting two hours of sleep a night <laughs> and I'm working 10 hour days. And my wife is working 12 hour shifts and we will we have nothing to say. Um, <laughs> I will cut you. <laughs> um, but it was interesting because I, I ran into the same thing and it was, it just, I was talking with someone about this, how it literally is this whole sacrifice of self because you you have to cater to the lowest common denominator and that is going to be your kid because they're helpless and mm-hmm. it is your responsibility to take care of every need they have not just feed them and change their diaper and um you know literally keep them alive but to 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 keep them safe and to um you know build that bond and everything and that's hard because you like you Andrew I'm I I'm an introvert I recharge by like sitting yeah, down stepping away and stepping away and chilling out yeah you can't do that no at the time my wife was working night shift so i would come home from work and this isn't a woe is me story it was just the reality i would come home from work she would hand me the baby and then she would go to work yep and then i would try to get him in bed maybe before midnight and hopefully get a couple hours of sleep and then she would come home at seven o'clock in the morning i would be up awake you know about five six times during the night she would come home and take him and he would actually kind of fall asleep for something of a nap then. And then she would desperately try and get some sleep and sleep throughout the day. And we would do that over and over and over again. Oh man. It was really, really hard. And in the midst of it all, you're going, I just want a break. And there is no break. There is no, no break now. And, and coming to realize, that, especially having two now, it really is that like there is no sitting down and, and, and playing video games. Although there is, that's the thing. I also want to, I want to explain like, it doesn't take away everything. Right. But it is, again, you're catering to the lowest denominator. You are only as strong as your weakest link and your kid is going to be a baby is going to be your weakest link. And it totally changes the reality of the things that you want to do. Like video games, for example, like, you know, your, your three hour gaming sessions are just the goodbye. Yeah. You have to recalibrate what your new normal is. But the thing is, and that was in this conversation I was having with someone, the moral of the story is not this woe is me my life is now like ruined or anything like that. It actually changes in to me in this absolutely beautiful, wonderful way, because you do have to have, and and it's not like a look at us kind of thing. Look how self-sacrificing we are. It's surely out of necessity. Sometimes there are plenty of times where I'm like, please stop crying. I don't want to, how many times are we going to have to do this? Like that's the reality, but you still respond to it because you have to, because you're called to be a, a good dad. And that can be really, really hard. And, and I was when I was having this conversation with this person, I was saying, no, it's actually it, it, you have to sit down and examine yourself. You have to do a gut check yeah. because you're in it for the long haul. Yep. And um, these things that you once thought were so important have a real way of kind of fading away. Yep. And for me, it was one of those things that there are certainly things I miss. I mean, Zach and I used to play Star Wars Battlefront three hours a night every other night before we had kids with each other. That was how we connected when we didn't live in the same state. That yep. disappeared for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we still don't get to do it near as much as we would like to. Um, but that's OK, because we have other focuses now. And the the what we've been able to do with our kids playing together and the personal growth I've had yep. just in having children is just it is unexplainable and immense. And it's funny because when I talk about this with people who don't have kids, but maybe they're thinking about it or, or whatever, they're like, wow, this actually, you're really doing a bad job selling this. I'm like, yeah. no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's incredibly, it's incredibly hard to explain, but the, 
it, it pays off in the end and we're nowhere close to well, the end but I, it's, I, I, it's a beautiful I, thing I, I can add to that real quick which is just you'll you'll find depths to yourself that you didn't know existed yes mm-hmm. yep um, the, the, energy energy yes. reserves emotional reserves physical reserves at times that you didn't even know you had because it just comes out of necessity and, and you, all in a good uh, way you, yeah not not all, pushing for the sake of like trauma but pushing you to a limit you didn't know you had and growing from it and, well the and way coming becoming a more mature person yeah. because of it yeah well, i in hearing you talk both of you uh it's helped me distill what i was going to say is my biggest struggle but then also what my piece of advice is is that my biggest struggle in having become a parent is that it requires you to be the best version of yourself mm. Mm. And therefore, the advice is buckle up because your family will demand that you be the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And in that journey, you discover all the things about yourself that you do not like. Yep. Because for me, one of my big things that I've struggled with and continue to, but I have seen a market improvement on because I've had to in fatherhood is anger. Because Mm -hmm. I I get so frustrated and I just want to lash out and just shout my frustration but this is a kid and mm-hmm. i am not going to traumatize a kid because when when your baby is 3 months old and is crying in the middle of the night and won't be consoled it's not their fault like they don't know any better right. so like getting angry in that moment isn't helping anyone mm-hmm. so to be the best version of yourself you have to learn how to redirect that and, and- i've had i've had to do a lot of self improvement to get to that point. And both of you have talked about the self-sacrifice that's needed. Mm-hmm. And that comes from really embracing like, Hey, to part of being the best version of myself is being less centered mm-hmm. around pleasing myself. And, and also, and also you will find levels too of leaning on your spouse that you never expected yeah, to, well. to be able to hit like you, you, yeah. For your kids, you need to be, that that best version of yourself but then there's going to be those moments where like the kids go to bed or something and decompressing with your spouse is mm-hmm. huge mm-hmm. um you, you value to, that time so you, i mean we get like mm-hmm. an hour and a half maybe two hours each night maybe mm-hmm. with each other and man does it mean more now than it ever did yeah. there is no like well let's just kind of whatever it's like oh no 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 this needs to count if we're watching yep. something we need to know what we're watching yeah, we and it better be good we don't have show. time and we don't have time to waste if the show's not good in like the first 15 minutes My we're Felicia. moving on we don't yeah. have time get something good like loki we need to talk about that sometime uh mm. oh really? what you passed on it no i no, watched no, it it's fantastic watch it. okay, okay, yeah oh yeah 100%. Test. <laughs> like okay, cool. like low-key it's amazing um <sighs> <laughs> Uh, but I I mean, and I'll, I'll echo that you have to lean on each other. Like it is a team sport. (laughs) Like my Mm. heart goes out to any single parent because Meredith and I have looked at each other in multiple instances and being like, I don't know how I would do this without you. Like, I don't know how I would do this without another human being here. So, I mean, props to anyone that has to do this as a single parent operation, because you have to lean on someone. And even if that's not them physically being there to assist, have to have someone that you can vent to or pour mm-hmm. out because I mean, there is so much mental energy mm-hmm. and physical. I mean, mm-hmm. sleep deprivation is a thing, but even just the mental energy 
of, I mean, kind of like we brought in the first question, like, all right, it's 3 a.m. Your kid's not going to sleep. Am I really going to give an object lesson about how monsters aren't real? Or am I going to just throw a cinnamon stick at the problem and call it a night, right? Like uh, there's mental bandwidth involved here and stamina. So you have to be the best version of yourself. And that does not come by accident. It comes through self-sacrifice. It comes through appealing to a more powerful and higher source than you, which for me is the Lord. Like, I don't know how anyone doesn't instantly increase their prayer life by being a parent. Um, (laughs) Because you yes. talk about in the moment judgment calls, I now realize like it almost seems like parenthood has been designed to make you inadequate so that mm. you have to rely on something greater than yourself yep. to get through. And, and, I, and I think there is beauty in that because um, yep. you have to rely on others and it pushes you to places you never thought you could achieve. Mm. Uh, and, and you know what? If, if the only casualty in this is that I no longer get three hour video game sessions. I can live with that. I mean, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, that's, that's a no brainer sacrifice. Yep. Yeah. And the hardest thing for me, um, you know, some people struggled with sleep deprivation. I, I've dealt with that before, even before kids came. So I don't have to worry about that. Um, that pushing myself to, to new levels. Yes. I mean, that comes with parenthood regardless, but the toughest thing for me was actually making time for my wife. Yeah. Um, I was so busy off slaying dragons that the princess was starting to get cobwebs in the castle. And I'm like, I need to come back and take care of some things. Like, let's, mm-hmm. let's start focusing on her. Cause I was yeah. doing well, making sure that, that our ends were being met and, and things of that nature. But being a, being a father, being a husband, it's more than just providing for a physical need. There's also emotional needs. And mm-hmm. even growing in your relationship as a, 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 with your spouse. So that was a big thing for me. And how we overcame that was, ironically, spending more time with your spouse to talk about the problem of not spending time with your spouse. Yeah. Because you have to be able to schedule in, okay, at this time, every week, or however long you want to decide it is, this is our date night. Mm-hmm. Nothing will interrupt this date night. Mm. Or if for some reason a family emergency happens, we will reschedule this date night and not cancel it because that's how precious our time is. Yeah, uh, There was a saying that said um, something to the effect of uh, you either prioritize your schedule or schedule your priorities. And mm. that's always stuck with me. And so you, we simply have to schedule our priorities. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, yeah I'm, glad, you, I'm me. glad your kids adhere to your schedule. That's awesome. <laughs> Teach me your ways, a wise one. <laughs> a lot of work. A lot of work. I realized I didn't actually give a piece of advice. I just kind of like told a sob story. So um, <laughs> my, my, my advice is it is two pieces. So the first is that nothing is for forever. So we were talking mm, about this yeah, earlier, right? Um, it is true. a phase. Maybe it's yes. a phase that lasts like a year, a but it does phase. end. Now, a new one will start and whatever yeah, you think yeah. you, you fixed, like something else frustrating will come along, but it always ends. It just, it, the tough things do end. Um, new things, new tough things get introduced, but but then you go and solve those, right? So um, that's something I've had to remember. And having, I think I, because Kevin's not here, I think I have the oldest out of you this do. group, yeah, right? Yep. So, yep. Um, so that's definitely true. And then the other thing, and I mentioned it earlier too, is exactly what, what my mom told me is like, don't, don't start something you're not willing to yep. continue 
because if you your kids cannot um again it sets a precedent and that has been fantastic advice because the temptation is always there Mm -hmm. the temptation to figuratively speaking use that cinnamon stick every time is always there and um i understand the one-time fixes for sure when you're under all kinds of duress um but it is something you have to be very careful with because you will find yourself going down a path no matter and this ties into what we're all talking about which is you have to rise above like a bunch of temporary fixes and and look at the um, long term and look at the long term and be that best version of yourself which is hard it's It's incredibly hard it's very easy to be reactive yes and it takes so much bandwidth and energy to be proactive in search in certain situations to get in front of something. Yeah. And that's honestly some of the hard part is like you can't be reacting a hundred percent of the right. yeah, yeah. But life it happens. Pays it does. Off. It really Sticking does. with the rules that you put in place when they're young and not wavering in a very mm. gracious way. Yes. But when you say no, it means no, no matter how many times they ask, you know, you're the parent, no money, no matter what it is, if that's the rule that's in place That's the rule that's in place and they will push and they will pull because and that's what children fly. do. And they will, they will try to get around it. They will try to lawyer their way out of it. Like Carol, this does, <laughs> um, but sticking with it, no matter how hard it is, and yeah. it is hard. They're really cute. You're really tired. Mm-hmm. You start questioning why you had that rule in the first place. It all comes into play and it is absolutely worth sticking with it it also makes you make sure that the rules you do put in place make sense and that you choose your battles and you start you work on the things and deal with the things that actually matter that way you're not fighting these pointless battles and then when you are standing and sticking with your guns yep you're fighting something that's worth fighting yep and you got to keep that long-term perspective in mind because another piece of advice was if you're annoyed at the way your two-year-old is acting now imagine that same behavior in a 14-year-old Mm-hmm. So stick with it. <laughs> that, that'll get you off the couch when they're throwing a fit. Yeah, I know yes. we've got to move on, but one last final thought on this. And it's something I come back well, to quite often. No. <laughs> uh, you know, th- it's the thought that enters my head every time these kind of things come up. Every kid is different. You know, all personalities mm-hmm. are different. But this this thought is, wow, my parents did it. Yeah, my parents did it. My parents had four <laughs> of us. They made it <laughs> and they made it. So it, it can totally and, and they're not the only ones there. There are plenty of people. All of history is full of people Netflix. doing it. They didn't have Netflix. They didn't have, you know, and, and maybe there's pros and cons of that. But no, no, they um, yeah, but um, they did it. I can do it. Um, children have been raised, many, so. have been raised for a millennia <laughs> and a majority of that without indoor plumbing. And I, I'll just I leave it at that. I legitimately look at these like, families from like 18, 17, 1600s. They're like, yeah, I'm one of 19 kids. And I'm like, how, how, how do you, I've got two and I'm done. Where did the poop go? <laughs> <laughs> no joke. Well, on that note, um, <laughs> that was a good one though. That was a good one. Yeah. Thank really you. Question. Thank you for that one. Uh, old Spencer. All right. So moving on to Joshua McCausland. A Dagum Padawan, another patron we have. He asks, the show has featured plenty of discussion on Lord of the Rings. Yes, it has. Yeah, triggered. Aaron is triggered. (laughs) In the best way possible. Aaron is here. And Star Wars. Yes, 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 yes. Yup, yup. But outside of those, hey, 
Uh, what are some of your other favorite sci-fi or fantasy books? Good question. So just books. Yeah, no, no. Oh, that's why Kevin isn't on or, the Q&A. Okay, just books. Well, Kevin doesn't read, so. For entertainment. He has made that yes. very clear. Yes. He reads, uh, he reads, probably. fine. Read Star Wars for academic purposes. So of, that's fine. Of, of the, uh, I know like Aaron and Zach are probably our two biggest readers here, so I'll get my two easy ones out sure. of the way real quick. Um, I'm ever so slowly making my way through the expanse series um nice. that the actual the, book series the novels, I made, it yeah. through, made it through book two i've got seven more to go which you know i'll probably you know be paying a college tuition at that point by the time i finish this up <laughs> but um that, that book series is really good that the sh- i actually think that the show kind of enhanced it in certain ways and made it a little bit more dramatized in good ways so yeah, screenplay I, I think the i think the book has done things well and i think the screen the uh uh the show has done some things better um and then again i know it said other than outside of those but i am making my way again through the lord of the rings audiobooks right now and i'll tell you <laughs> i will tell you what having I, it's been a long time since i've read them i think it was like in middle school high school when i read them the first time and i, I think it's been a while hey don't look Sh- at me like that Aaron. shame don't look at me like that but but having watched but having watched lord of the rings so many times um having watched uh, uh, having read and watched the hobbit a bunch at this point um which that's conversation for another day um that's a bad but then then stuff that i've picked up from people along the way like i really am getting why people love lord of the rings and just how deep this series goes so i realize it's kind of inside the the uh, of joshua's question but um that when when you're a dad too, you got so much less time to read for fun. That's uh, the beauty of the audiobooks. I, it really mm-hmm. is. It has to it has to change to audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And right now, my yeah. my book of choice is Lord of the Rings. To Andrew's point, I, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm struggling to answer this question is because I haven't read fiction <laughs> in so long. <laughs> I'm like, what was the last one I read? But um, I'm I'm gonna do one inside of the realm, kind of. Uh, of his question and one outside uh, uh one is actually outside i'm going to break the rules a little bit uh <gasps> the thrawn books are brilliant yes okay. i love the star yes. wars thrawn books um i won't even complain because i agree so yeah um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, so there's that now going inside of your question i thought ender's game was a wonderful read Oh yeah, those are good books. Uh, that, that was really good. I know it's not the deepest book in the world. Uh, it does bring up a little bit of some uh, interesting psychological and uh, and ethical moral, quandaries. Yeah, ethical quandaries. And so I enjoyed that one as well. So I'd recommend it. Well, man, between Thrawn and Ender's Game, you really like those those heady strategy tactician. Kind of side, oh, yeah, tactician. That, that, that's stuff. one of my that, that's one of my guilty pleasures is strategy and tactics. I love that. I love studying history, battles, all that stuff. Well, uh, I will abide by the rules on this one. And the fact that we have only had one episode dedicated to this is a travesty. But Harry Potter is a good series. It is a fantastic fantasy series. And say what you will about the new Fantastic Beasts and where to find them what is it, Saga? They said they're coming out with six now. Yeah. uh, Wait, movies? it's movies. It's five, yeah. I think. It's I think only it's five? five. Yeah. Okay. Oh my word. Well, it, what only is that? Five. A a, a quintilogy. Uh, it, money making machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah money is. making machine. Yeah, it's called. That's the technical name for it. Yeah. I money think, printer. I think J.K. Rowling actually 
writes good literature. Like it's not just kids books, like the amount of foreshadowing that that woman accomplishes. I mean, that should be in class curriculums on what foreshadowing means because the level of planning she put into the first two books alone and how they pay off in the latter half of the series is masterstroke levels. Um, but I, I'd say other series, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of a jack of all trades when it comes to fantasy series. I've read through Game of Thrones, which is why I did not read the Expanse novels because I'm not making that same make, mistake again <laughs> about pacing the TV show because I have been there, done that. Well, the TV show is um, going to long be finished by the time I yeah. get to wherever it finishes up. So <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I know we've mentioned this on the show, but I love the Chronicle of Narnia books. Yeah, great oh, yeah. books. Mm-hmm. Um, Even if they were meant for kids, it's still a good read for adults. And then uh, another person that I, I guess is kind of sci-fi and fantasy is anything by Frank Peretti. So yeah, I read I read his like uh, the I forget the exact name, but it was like the kids series, and they would solve it was like they would solve their one little crime or mystery per book. It was almost like the Boxcar Children, except Frank Peretti. Eyes. I haven't heard that name in a long time. <laughs> my my, like my favorite Oscar children, but like a demon's there or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So, um, so Frank Peretti. Yeah. F- favorite book of Frank Peretti's is this present darkness. That, yeah. that is my, if I, if you're going to start on a Frank Peretti book, start on this present darkness. Yeah. Pretty I mean, engaging. I, I'm sure that influenced a generation's ideology on spiritual warfare, yeah. but the one I would make, and, and this is always my answer to, if there was one book that I would want to see made into a movie, it is always hands down the oath. So mm, if you wow. are not familiar with it, it, it's a single book. Uh, it's a thick one. So, I mean, it's, it's a ride, uh, but it really is fantastic and has that mix of sci-fi fantasy mystery in it. it it's good. Uh, I cannot recommend it enough for, for me. Um, and, it should come as a surprise. You know, most most of my sci-fi reading is the Star Wars expanded universe. I read some Star Trek Shocker. novelizations as well, right? Lord of the Rings, I try and either read through or more recently listen to the audiobooks because I can do them when I'm driving or whatever. The guy can't sing. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I try and do that at least once a year if I'm able to, to sometimes once every two years. Um, because they are just so good. But that said, there are others I enjoy. Um, I like old, old school or older school sci-fi. So, uh, Robert Heinlein, um, Philip K. Dick, you know, a lot of his short stories and, and novels I really enjoy. Um, the man in the high castle, it, you, you know, he, they, they made the show. So he wrote that, mm. right. Um, okay. do, I didn't uh, realize that was based off a book series. Yeah. It's just oh, a novel. Yeah. yeah it's a novel. Mm, okay. Um, cool. The uh, a, a lot of sci-fi films, um, Minority Report, Blade Runner, yeah. these kind of things are based on his short stories. Um, do uh, so Blade Runner, do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep was the short yeah, story right. that that, uh, <laughs> that it's based on. Yeah. Um, so a lot of good stuff there. That's pretty old. Highline as well. The Moon is a Harsh Mistress is a is a great, great one. Um, and then here's the thing. And this should come as no surprise, I don't <laughs> think, as we talked about oh, it. But boy. I have tried and tried to read fantasy outside of Lord of the Rings. And I've really struggled with it. And not just because this is going to sound super, I don't know, corny almost. Do it. But do it. Lord of the Rings does it so well that I have <laughs> a hard time yeah. enjoying these other novels. And I know that we talked about this, uh, or I talked about this on the Lord of the Rings <laughs> episode. Um, 
that Tolkien really was the master, not just of the craft, but in in putting the blueprint for high um, fantasy, modern high fantasy. Oh, absolutely. And it is so incredibly difficult to find stories that don't spin off of what he created. It's not to say there are others that are decent out there. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you can't try because Tolkien already did it, right? But for me personally, it's something I struggled with just because I always find myself coming back to like, eh, this was fine. It was OK. There's some interesting concepts in here, kind of, um, but nothing that I can't find. Hidden his in Tolkien's writings, yeah. um, the the other part of that, uh, I do love the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, oh, yeah, I, I am. About so to start reading well, I mean, if you love Lord of the Rings, it's kind of like it's it's cousin, cousin, but, you know, right. Cousin. And again, it's not it's not to say I, I I listened, I read through and then listened to audiobooks of the first four Game of Thrones books. Okay. Enjoyed it, you know, long. Um, you know, there, there's there's a whole episode we can go into on that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just I find myself um you know, I I found some series that were okay, but um I think Unlike Lord of the Rings, there was nothing I got out of them that was like, wow, that was really original or wow, there's this there's this these themes and these morals and these things that I really drew out of them that I do out of Lord of the Rings. And I'm not trying to sit here and be like, Lord of the Rings are bust. Don't ever read anything else except that, because that's not true, because there are talented writers who do write other fantasy. Um, but I just can't think of any that I liked enough that I would recommend. Uh, I mean, let's let's quit reading. beating around the bush, Aaron. It's because no other fantasy series has Aaron Aragorn as a character. I mean, let's like, just you shouldn't even try. Be real. <laughs> um, but yeah, but, but a lot but of the true. old school once you've sci-fi. Had Mignon, once you've had Filet Mignon, it's hard to go back. It's true. And into there a are burger. there are other good fantasy series for sure. Um, just none that I I I read enough of or enjoyed enough to go like, yeah, go check this out. Old school sci-fi, however, do check it out. Just like Tolkien, mm-hmm. they are the guys who 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 got us to where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing I would throw on here, and that's mainly because the timeliness of the movie is uh, Dune. I know a lot of people oh, really, yeah, yeah. really don't like Dune. But if you don't mind space politics and and warring houses and quite frankly, all these, I've had people who are like, like that who love Game of Thrones are like, I hate Dune. I'm like. It's, it's literally it's the same. It's like the sci-fi version. So much overlap like, with less nudity, it, right? And it's just like what? So uh, I actually really enjoy Dune. If you uh, and I, and I'm looking I know, forward to the movie, but the the book is better than. Yeah, it's certainly better it's than the the current movie. I don't know about the new one. We'll see. But uh, check that out if you haven't. That's a good sci-fi. It's got more yeah. moons, less mooning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was. That was a I, I, whatever. I right, moving on. Thank All you, right. Josh. <laughs> All right. So on that note, uh, let's go to the last question of the night. This one comes from Rob Foster. All right. Rob asks the dads, are there any lessons you want slash wanted to teach your children in which the books or movies were a great medium to mm. use? May I direct you to our Bluey episode? Yeah, I was gonna say episodes ago, <laughs> episode forty-eight, Bluey. Check it out. That's our answer right there. All right, it's been great Q and A episode, guys. <laughs> no, 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 no. Needs um, more answer than that. Well, I mean, right now Rowan is two, so it's a little bit hard right now to make those kind of extrapolations. Mm. Um, I mean, if there's any lesson, it's that when you're a helicopter and you run into a fire. You break down. 
I mean, and that's the greatest lesson planes. he's going to get from planes, fire, and rescue. So I don't know about life lessons. I mean, with Bluey, and I mean, I don't want to make this episode 48 again, but I feel like the lessons that are given in Bluey are a lot more approachable for his age group. Yeah. Like, it's a lot easier to teach, like, hey, let's make sure when you're playing with your sibling that you use your ears and hear what they have to say. Like it just, it already has the curriculum inbuilt into the episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to take this a little bit of a different direction. Um, one of my um, issues with certain types of movies is when the message overshadows the medium. Yeah. Um, and you have to be really careful with that in certain, certain situations, because usually you get stuff that's, really subpar when it's meant to be like a super duper message teaching material. And that's always just like graded on me when it's kind of forced and didactic. Um, so I really, I want the lesson that I want to teach my kids is enjoy the story first and foremost, but inevitably at the end of this, there's going to be something in this movie, whether some, something pop culture or whatever that I'm going to probably disagree with on how somebody handled a situation or how whatever was being out. And it's a great conversation point. And I'm really looking forward to teaching my kids and stepping away from a movie and just, you know, uh, using it as a moment to just kind of talk through something and go, hey, you remember that part that was in that show right there? Well, here's a healthier way to deal with that. Um, that's that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. But again, I, I'm, I've got a two year old at the moment, so it's really tough to, you know, yeah, we're kind of looking down the road. Yeah, yeah you have to at this point. So our list is is a little older. He'll be he'll be five later this year. And I think the lessons that we've taken out of these kind of mediums are kind of the bigger picture ones, right? Because he's asking questions and has been for a while. Why did that person do this? Why did they do that? And mm. and it's mm. how do you explain that to a a, a four year old, right? And <laughs> it is kind of big picture things. It's like, look, um, there are people who make bad choices. Yep. Right. There's well, why is why is so and so doing that? Why is so and so the bad guy? Uh, you know, there are people who make bad choices. Um, we see that he's at you know, Star Wars is is a good lesson of that because you have um Anakin and and, yeah, and Darth, and Darth Vader. Vader, right? And we we see this in um Marvel, and he hasn't seen like the big Marvel movies because they're way right. too intense for him, right? But like the cart some of the cartoons, um, especially the the smaller, like the mm-hmm. more cartoony cartoons, uh, he watches those. And there's lessons in there that I've used, like, you know, okay, well, why is whoever Spider-Man doing whatever is like, well, because it's the right thing to do. Because one of my biggest things I want to convey to my children mm-hmm. is we do the right thing because it's the, it's right, the thing. right thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's if someone needs help, we help them. If someone needs to be protected, we protect them. Um, and that's what superheroes do. And that's what we need to do as well. Not to become superheroes, not because we are superheroes, but simply because it's the right thing. And those are the kind of things I try and convey. And you can see the good thing is in these kind of um, series and everything that we talk about all the time, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Marvel, the theme that we pointed out countless times of good versus evil and good guys mm-hmm. defeating bad guys there's so much to dissect in that. And we have, of course, but even at a four-year-old level, there's plenty of opportunity to go in and say big picture things like there are bad guys because there are people who make bad choices. There are people who in making those bad choices want to hurt other people. And there are people who need to step in and protect other people from being hurt by people who make bad choices. Um, 
at this age is harder. You know, I, I would say Narnia is a great, there's so many things about forgiveness and yeah. sacrifice yeah, and all those kinds that. of things that are Redemption, more natural yeah. and that are, they're part of the story where in other ones, it's not, there's, you can pull those lessons out, but they're not part of the story in the same way. He's still a little bit young for it, but um, yeah. that one's one I'm looking forward to. But yeah, those big picture lessons that you can pull out of these things that he already enjoys that are more clear cut, black and white, good and evil. Um, I lean on those all the time and apply them in, in real life. And I'm not above using examples of, hey, Cameron, you need to listen. And we're talking about listening. I'm like, hey, remember the time in Star Wars when Luke didn't listen to Yoda or, you know, something like mm -hmm. that. Like, I, I'll totally do that. Not because that's what needs to compel him to do the right thing, but it's because it's a great way for he him to connect it. it with something yeah. that he mm -hmm. already kind of understands. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's really any movie or book is you can find an object lesson in any of them. I mean, movies really are our equivalent in this day and age of like Aesop's fables to yep. where you can pull from most any source material and really it's your worldview that you bring perspective on because yep. you have to bring that in and go, hey, why, why was this a bad decision? Because mm -hmm. unless you have a Star Wars or Lord of the Rings where they make a clear delineation between right and wrong, Sometimes you have to introduce the morality compass mm -hmm. um, because I would say even with Marvel movies now, they're kind of mm -hmm. starting to explore more of the gray. Oh, I mean, oh, gray, yeah. especially yeah, I mean, and listen, this is coming from the guy who loves the Loki show and I am so there for every episode. But I, I kind of have to remember, wait, this is a person who has made really bad decisions per Aaron's point. And even though I'm enjoying following them, it's not necessarily a lifestyle that I would want Rowan to emulate or yes. that I should emulate. So therefore, this could be an example of what not to do. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I think as a dad or really as a parent, I don't think there's any like, all right, this one series is a treasure trove. Like, it's really you make the most of anything, find what um, your kid connects with and use it as an ob object lesson. Because if they're, mm -hmm. I mean, Daniel Tiger, I mean, if you want like straightforward, <laughs> like this is like Daniel Tiger, hands down. Yeah, but if well, you want like, other yeah. things, they're right. in there. You just have to tie it to, or at least we've tried to kind of tie it to their level. Um, and I, I like the analogy of like, this is our modern day kind of. But fables. it's, I'm, I mean, as young kids, obviously you've got the, that moral and that lesson that's just, you know, it's baked in cookie mm -hmm. cutter into these shows. And that's fine. There's a, there absolutely is a place for that kind of stuff for young kids, but as time goes on, uh, at, as you will find out as an adult very quickly, um, not every situation is so cut and dry. Right. And it's OK. Let's look at these gray situations and, you know, may, let's talk about two competing good values, for example. Um, you know, and what what's a wise way to walk through that? And so I think this uh, is yeah. a good question. And I'll just I'll say this with a different spin on it. You three have answered like which ones you'd want to use as, as good mediums, because it used to be that a few decades ago, this question would be easy. Like m a lot of stuff that was put out as a book or a movie could be used as a good moral compass or lesson to teach your children. And it's becoming less and less that way. Now you are going to have to become the gatekeeper of your family. And it could be that there's a good lesson to be learned in a movie or a book, but there's also some really bad ones. And you have to be able to say, you know what? I can learn that lesson somewhere else in another book or another movie just as well as I could here. And then you don't have to subject your children to that trash that was in the thing you were originally thinking of. 
you know yeah, i mean and, yeah, and not even i'm not i'm not gonna submit game of thrones to like my three-year-old right that, absolutely yeah that, we're not going there but yeah right. that is called decapitation <laughs> bad but, choices well, well and, yeah bad very choices. very bad choices. lots of, lots of bad it's, choices it's a, it's a game of bad choices um i it's also age appropriate so this just happened to us recently even we were going through disney plus and rowan saw emperor's new groove and meredith and i were like yes we love this movie there let me think there's nothing bad in this movie yeah let's just show him emperor's new groove and we realized that watching it like okay there's nothing that you can just stick your finger on and be like this is bad or this is scary but yet there were some things like people calling each other stupid or just like back talking to where yeah it's not bad but is this the foundation we want to lay for a two year old? So like, all right, when he gets a little bit older and we have those foundations laid of like, this is what it means to be respectful. This is what, yeah. Then, (laughs) you know, we are going to watch the heck out of Emperor's new groove because Meredith and I can quote that upwards and backwards. Um, I mean, we probably could have just played that movie on mute and Meredith and I could have just (laughs) said all of the lines. And in fact, as it should be, I did that for a majority of them, including, you know, doing his own theme song. Can I play Kronk on the side? <laughs> but uh not and so I mean it's it's a constant revolving I mean like we we're saying with the phases it's not just what object lesson can I teach my child but um, what's the age appropriate lesson to yeah. teach my child at this moment so it, it, it changes you know, every year yeah that, that the, the level changes every year and sometimes yep. it's not the same for every kid mm-hmm. depending on yeah where Kevin can attest to life. that yeah mm-hmm. absolutely well any other thoughts on this. Uh, these were all like great. great well, I just want to thank Rob for asking a question that really fostered great discussion. So thank oh, you. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> thank you for fostering Mr. Foster. Uh, all right. Well, Hey, did you enjoy the discussion today? Did we say something that you want to weigh in on? Please leave us a comment. If you're watching on YouTube or send us a message on dagonnerds.com slash contact. We would love to hear from you. And Hey, Ask us a question. It'll make it on that next Q&A episode that we're going to get Kevin on, yes. right? We're resolving I'll, I'll probably now. end up on so how, somehow yeah. I'll be there. I, know, I always do. How did Aaron even get here? <laughs> no, I, I for real, for real, I said this last time, I, life has been insane, but I want to be back more consistently because there's so many great things to talk about and I enjoy it every time. Man, when it comes to these, Aaron will be on these episodes without question. So next up are closing thoughts and pun count. All right. So let's wrap this up. Any closing thoughts before we head out? These are great questions. Um, Mm -hmm. Y'all always ask us these ones where we go from like the, let's talk about the star Wars EU and the clone wars versus what, and then y'all, the next question y'all have us like analyzing these deep, struggles and and the beautiful moments of being a dad dad. (laughs) and it's like and like we're not experts we're just average dads like anyone else we're figuring this out too but we have done some of it so you know we'll share our experiences and i'm glad you said that because our closing thoughts is yeah like we are ever learning Mm -hmm. i I try to use that phrase as much as possible Mm -hmm. like you never can sit on top of your hill and be like i have made it because that hill will very quickly change. I mean, being, a, being an parent is embracing the inverted pyramid because mm-hmm. just when you think you've mastered a stage, oh, nope, branching out, you now get yep. a whole new set of things to have to tackle. But yep. this is also important. And we incur- I, I'd say one last piece of advice is talk with other dads. Yes. Don't do this alone. Even just compare notes because I will bet you 
Dimes to donuts. That's not a saying. Dollars to donuts. <laughs> well, inflation, you know. Yeah, well, you know, with inflation, it's now dollars to donuts. It, w- it was back in like 1920. <laughs> it used to be a dime back in my, back in Kevin's day. <laughs> Love you, Kevin. Um, but yes. but dollars to donuts. Someone will pipe up and go, you know what? Me too. I mean, just look at this episode. Aaron said, you know what? I was just talking about this on something, Andrew, that you thought you would be the only one bringing it up. Yeah. And it is very easy as dads to get on just my little alone island. Mm -hmm. Um, And another again, I realize we're picking up on the question here again. But (laughs) another lesson is like you have no reason to be alone because there are Mm -hmm. so many other dads who are going through the same thing who want to talk about this kind of stuff. So like dive in open up well i've got a great piece of advice for anyone listening go out and just like and subscribe (laughs) that's great advice brett that's the best advice this whole show i mean hey it really is i mean you you can follow us um if you guys want more discussions like this Mm -hmm. leave us comments down below uh if you're watching on youtube or uh, if you're in a podcast give us a review look all this stuff allows us to do more things oh yeah and so you withholding that stops us from doing that. So come on, guys, get involved. It gives so us an excuse to do this. So quite it's frankly, your so. fault. It's your fault, Keith. <laughs> and darn it, if change your if name. There's some, if there's some dude named Keith out there that I just called out, <laughs> comment below. <laughs> also, yeah, if you want more, of course, dadgumnerds.com. Where our mm-hmm. merch yep. store is, yep. you can get you can yep. you can get dripped out with these awesome shirts and hat that Andrew and Brett are rocking right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The same one. The it's, it's the great place to contact us too. Like seriously, we love these questions. Um, yep. We we love you know if it's nerd, if it's dad, if it's both. That's why we're here. This is fun for us. It's why we do it. Um, so reach out. We're always happy happy to chat, answer your questions, or just you know if you have comments, um, you can drop them there too. Um, and of course, also our Patreon program. Um, we appreciate yes. everyone who is who has joined us there. It does provide us the the resources we need to keep doing this. Again, we really enjoy it, and we hope y'all do too. Um, so check that out as well, and consider consider joining our Patreon. But that Patreon is not just for us. Like we seriously have a ton of perks on there that we worked really mm-hmm. hard oh, to come yeah. up with some ones that nice were like, le- like legitimate ones for you guys. So mm-hmm. like, take a peek at it. We've got uh, not only. Uh, things like guesting on the show on one or listening in on a show or discounts to our merch store. But we also have our after show that we do that is exclusive to every oh, single yeah. episode. Check it out. It's uh, it's golden. Usually we sometimes <laughs> will laugh harder on the after show than we do here. It, it, yeah, it is such a phenomenal show. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I highly recommend it. So go ahead on Patreon and check it out. You also get VIP access to us. Like we do certain channels that only our patrons get. So give it a shout. Well, fellas, this was another successful Q&A show, and we had some puns. So our pun count was the perfect number, seven. Count them. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm well, shocked that we That sounds like we don't Aaron. need to make any more. We already hit that level, so <laughs> fantastic. Are you counting I'm, the ones that were censored? Oh, you know what? I didn't count those because. Oh, no. Well, I mean, they're, I mean, they were, ble- they're going to be bleep for, for Daniel's sake. Can't so. You can't, yeah. you can't count them. So. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, we had seven herd funds. We'll okay, put it at yeah. that. All right. Okay. Well, that's all we've got for you today, unless you're sticking around for that after show. So again, thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you later. Daggum nerds. Game over.